Today, I want to speak to you about justice. Justice and the kingdom of God. And you will understand why I'm addressing this topic. Let's turn to Psalm 89, verse 14. Psalm 89 is a wonderful psalm of praise and worship and faithfulness, trusting God and his kingdom. Um, we're going to come to more verses later on, but let's just read verse 14 for now. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Just think about that for the moment. This scripture is telling us that God's throne is founded on righteousness and justice. Therefore, God's kingdom is a kingdom of justice, a kingdom of righteousness, but also a kingdom that operates by steadfast love and faithfulness. That's God's covenant love and his faithfulness in every situation. That means God will never let you down. It's impossible for God to let you down. And God's kingdom is the kingdom, the only kingdom where all wrongs of all history will be made right. It's future. And for God to do that, he'll need to intervene in such a way that none of us will be able to stand. And we'll all depend on his mercy and grace. But the time is coming when every wrong will be put right. God will do it. His nature is to do it. His love determines he will do it. He is powerful and he will do it. Now, I say all of this in a context in which you know, I'm, I'm sure you understand, it seems the whole world is crying out for justice, almost in every nation. People have been outraged by the same examples of racism and hate and hurt and suffering, all from injustice. And they're looking for answers. People are rallying some kind of call to, to bring change, to bring some answers. And my question is, how can we make sure that the answers that we want to implement will not in themselves bring forth new injustices, repeating the problems from the past? We know enough about history to know that many movements that, that try to make the things that are wrong and put them right it kind of goes wrong and this good idea and many things and noble efforts and some success stories. But, but you know, my point is this. If we try and do it on our own, we are going to mess it up. Yes, we are. Why? Because we human beings are the real problem. It's not our institutions. It's not our organizations. All these things are only as good as the humans who operate them. And so we need to go deeper than just looking for human answers. And, and yet it's natural if, if, if we have a situation of injustice, we need somebody to defend our cause, to protect us. Naturally, we would look to 
human society. And we are sure that it's, it's right that human society does protect the vulnerable and does speak up for the marginalized and does care for the poor. And the laws of our land surely should be blind to power, blind to race, to privilege, to creed or class. That's the, the classical picture of the, the, the person carrying the scales of justice is blindfolded, meaning justice ought to be blind. In other words, not curry favor or overlook in one area or another to suit itself. And, and yet this is where the problem is because we know as human beings, we all have our prejudices, we all have our weaknesses. And in every culture, there are those who have been downtrodden. In every culture, there are those who have been excluded. Don't just think it's Western society that has a problem with looking down on other people or excluding other people or exploiting other people. There has not been one society in history that has been founded on or upholds perfect justice because it's made of human beings. It's made of us. No, we have to look beyond ourselves. We have to look outside ourselves. And I say this particularly in the current climate, when people are looking for solutions and Christians also are saying, we want to do something. Many Christians are outraged at what they've seen and heard and, and been part of and, 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 and suffered from uh, themselves. And, and, but I see something very dangerous happening. I see Christians forgetting the kingdom of God. I see Christians joining in with the world, with the world's spirit, with the world's strategies. And yet our Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You cannot use the weapons of hate. You cannot use the weapons of attack uh, because our, our true battle is a spiritual battle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And we have to understand that there is one solution to all injustice, and that is the kingdom of God. And it begins with praying this prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. Now, Understand this as you as you follow me through today, follow through with me today, you, you, you'll see I'm not just talking about being all nice and, and spiritual and doing nothing. No, no. I am calling you to pick up the weapons of your warfare. That is the spiritual weapons, the truth of the word of God, the manifestation of the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus and the kingdom of God in us becomes expressed through us that we go out in society to fight the evil of racism and fight every other evil. And there are so many things that we need to be concerned about in our societies. Oh yes, especially in this post-Christian period when, when Christianity is seen to be part of the problem and not part of the solution. Oh yes, they like some of our values, 
But, but you see, what, what they don't want is to come under the rule of God, this self-assertive, humanistic spirit of independence. We will solve our problems our way. And in doing this a human assertion, we are excluding God, who is the only one who can make a difference. That's why we belong to the kingdom of God. The only kingdom that is fully just. The only kingdom that is righteous. The, God is the perfect judge. There is no favoritism with him. His kingdom is founded on his very nature. The God who is just, the God who is righteous. And, and this God is, he is equitable in all his dealings. We are equal under God, made in his image. This is the basis of all human dignity and this is the basis of any civil rights that we want to see perfected in our nations. The first part of Psalm 89, the first four verses read, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I'll make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens you will establish your faithfulness. You have said I've made a covenant with my chosen one. I've sworn to David my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. This is telling us that the kingdom of God as well as being a kingdom of justice and righteousness, it's a kingdom of steadfast love and faithfulness. And you see, it's so difficult to see these two things come together. But it's absolutely essential for our salvation. And in the kingdom of God, God has done it. Yes, he is righteous and true and holy and just. And before his justice, none of us could stand Psalm 130, if you kept a record of our sins, O Lord, who would stand? But there is forgiveness with you, therefore you are feared. In other words, God's righteousness and God's faithfulness and mercy come together. And we see this in the manifestation of God's love in Jesus Christ, especially at the cross where God's perfect justice and perfect love were satisfied. And so the kingdom of God is a kingdom of righteousness and justice, but also a kingdom of love and forgiveness and reconciliation. That is one of the things that we see most different about the kingdom of God and the spirit of the age, which breeds hatred, exclusion and division. And people who stand up because of division end up being as divisive as anybody else. And people who try to implement solutions repeat the patterns of the past. And we'll keep on doing it until we truly bring God, God into this. The basis of all human dignity is the understanding that we're being created equal in the image of God. And if we conform more and more to that, then our laws will conform more to the nature of God and we will change them to make sure they do. And the application of law will conform much more to the nature and character of God.
And as believers from the kingdom of God, we will make sure that they do. And we know that this kingdom of God is going to be successful. It's being successful now, but it is going to be so successful that it's going to spread over all the world. And Jesus Christ himself shall return and subdue all things so that all evil, injustice, disease, suffering and poverty will be eradicated. Do you want to see an end to evil? Do you want to see an end to racism? Do you want to see an end to injustice and disease and suffering and poverty? You want that? Yes then join the kingdom of God because that's where it's going to happen. No man-made solutions will ever bring us to that place. Whether you're from the left or the right or the middle or wherever you are, there are no human solutions that are going to bring this full solution of God's justice pushing out all human injustice. And of course, what we need to know, friends, it, it's not just us who are under the control of sin, under the power of evil. That is our nature and that is why we need Christ to save us. And also, this is the identification of the true battle. Ephesians 6 verses 12 to 13 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, there is no way, friends, that any protest or any movement or any action of human beings will ever deal with the spiritual powers that lie behind the very evil we are confronting. That's what you've got to understand. If you are a campaigner for justice, you need to come to Christ. You need to bow the knee to Jesus Christ, who will be your Lord and your Savior. And he is the only one who has defeated the evil powers that are operating and manifesting in such things that we want to fight against on the earth. You've got to have uh, this understanding of the spiritual reality of the battle and know that God's kingdom, the God who says, I reign supreme in heaven and I claim the earth which belongs to me. This is the answer. This is the way forward. Verse 11 of Psalm 89 says, the heavens are yours. Now that we understand God is in his heaven. And all the heavenly beings that he created, he is supreme over them all, for he is the eternal, uncreated Elohim. He is the God of all gods. He is the Lord of all lords. He created the other spiritual powers. And those powers that rebelled against him and are infiltrating and dictating and bringing in the evils that we see in this earth realm through fallen human nature as we cooperate, human beings cooperate with spiritual evil. We see all that. God in heaven has the solution, but he didn't stay in heaven, friends. He said, the heaven is mine and the earth is mine as well and he came down to claim it in the person of Jesus Christ and wherever Jesus went he proclaimed the kingdom of God Acts 10 38 he went about doing good healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God anointed him he is the Christ he is the conqueror 
and he has conquered over all these evils and has given us the task to administer his glorious and victorious victory. How amazing, how wonderful. Every human project searching for utopia will fail, but God's project of his kingdom to bring in the rule of love and justice and purity and power and healing and provision and deliverance. God's project will not fail because Jesus has already conquered. And he says, I have been given authority in heaven and earth and indeed under the earth. Now, many people say what we need to do is confront the evil in history. So we look at the previous generation and we say, look what they did. And so we try to repair that. And you've got to go back to the generation before that. Uh, And you've got to repair that. And you've got to go back to the generation before that generation. And you've set yourself an impossible task to go back to every generation and every culture of all history and try and make reparation. And you keep going back and back and back and back from generation to generation. And you know where you will find yourself? You will find yourself in Eden. And you will find that you are the one who has committed a crime. You are the one who has fallen from the goodness of God. You are the one who needs not justice, but mercy. And when we recognize our need for mercy, whoever we are, and cry out to God for his mercy and grace, a change happens. And from that place, the place of mercy and grace, we can rise up with a new spirit, with a pure heart, with clean hands. The kingdom of God will ensure your hands are cleansed and your heart is purified and you are made new. And now in the kingdom of God, You're no longer part of the problem, but you are part of the solution, the only solution for the kingdom of God to come more fully in your heart than ever before. And you now begin to operate according to the principles of the kingdom, which are diametrically opposed to the kingdom, to the principles of this age. It's love, not hate. It's mercy, not vengeance. It's healing and wholeness, not brokenness. It's inclusion, not exclusion. It is unity, not division. And when we confront those things in our own hearts and grow together as a community, and yes, there's going to have to be a lot, of, a lot of repenting. Yes, there is. There's going to have to be a lot of weeping. There's going to have to be a lot of humbling. Yeah, and reconciling. Uh, as people within the kingdom but then we will demonstrate to the world a unified community of people that that have something of heaven in their hearts that we are not some part part of some angry earthly brigade that is trying to to force in something that can only happen by the grace and power of God and the principles of God's word and the principles of God's spirit and the cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ. Only then 
Can we recognize our true identity? And only then can we fulfill our true role, which is having seen reparation in our own hearts and restoration in our own hearts, turn outward towards society and in a spirit of grace, but firmness and authority, confront the evil wherever we see it with spiritual authority and knowing that we can persuade people and point people to Christ and to his power and our social action and our, our civil reforms and our reforms of law and reforms of attitudes, all those things, we can be a blazing light of God's glory into the darkness of this world only if we do it by the kingdom of God. Let God be true and every person a liar. Humans are not dependable. Without God, we can do nothing. And so this sounds very grand and on a big scale and so it is. But God's kingdom lifestyle boils down to step by step, day by day where the injustices that you have experienced are pushed back and have little or no relevance in your life because they have no hold on you because of the grace of forgiveness. But the injustices that you see around you will be overthrown by the right kind of prayerful action and community action and the right kind of action beyond just the narrow confines and the secure confines of our own homes and churches. That is the call of God upon this generation. Let justice flow like a river. Let righteousness be poured forth from the throne of God, which is established on justice and righteousness and is affected by steadfast love and his faithfulness, God's faithfulness. Let us pray. Father, we ask in Jesus' name for a manifestation of this kingdom as we put aside every other methodology that doesn't conform to the purity and integrity of your word and your character so that we would truly be part of the solution and not simply perpetuate the old problems in new forms. Let your grace and mercy be upon us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and Amen.